Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. It's okay to be quiet at times. That's usually when the Holy Spirit will speak to you in whatever He's prompting you to do or not do. So we need to, in our spirit, just go times of being quiet and silence. And there's times of jump and joy and run around the building. That happens. But I think today we can sense that the Holy Spirit was ministering within us, in our hearts, preparing, reconstructing, as some of us surrender to Him. It can get exhausted to hold on to things. There's a, there's a, a breaking point, I would think. When you know whatever you're holding on to, you're doing so much in your own effort over time. It'll break you. It'll affect every area of your life at some point. Whether it's addiction or just hatred or unforgiveness, anxiousness. But it all needs to come to the foot of the cross. The foot of the cross is where you were redeemed from all of that. All of that. Amen? Amen. Right, we can all go home now. <laughs> you raise your hand at Ray Lee. All right. Well, good morning. Thank you, sir. Can we grab a chair, too? Thank you, worship team. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Jennifer. So it was great to put your family to work, right? Thank you, Pastor Ray. Thank you, worship team. Whew. What happened here today leaves with you. It leaves with you. Nothing special about this room. But what certainly started it was some unity, right? The fragrance of unity is a powerful thing. A powerful thing in our lives. The unity of God wanting to unify us together as a body of Christ for a purpose of doing His will. And His will is to heal you. Pull you out of things in love. I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Well, in the same spirit, we need to pray for Israel right now. I do want to read something first. From uh, Paul in Romans 9, talking about Israel. He says, With Christ as my witness, I speak utter truthfulness. My consciousness and the Holy Spirit confirmed it. Those are three powerful things when they come together. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and undimming grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. How much he desires for the Jews to reach salvation. They are the people of Israel, chosen to be God's adopted children. God revealed his glory to them. He made covenant with them and gave them his law. 
seeking him, the privilege of worshiping him and receiving his wonderful promises. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, their ancestors, and Christ himself was an Israelite, by the way, as far as this human nature is concerned, and he is God, named Christ, the one who rules over everything and is worthy of eternal praise. Amen and amen. Talking about Israel and how much it meant to Paul and how much it means to mean to us, to people of God, too. Can we just come into agreement? Heavenly Father, we honor you today for even just giving us the opportunity for to pray for your people and this tension and war and evil that is rearing its ugly head in their land, Lord. We ask for provision to prevail, Lord. Whether it's in wisdom with leaders, peace with neighborhoods, and your will to be done overall. Lord, damage has been done, Lord. And give wisdom to these leaders to lead throughout. And we speak against the evil that has been there and continues to try and rear its ugly head and claiming the people of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. We had faith in blue on Friday night. I've been told that there was just under 300 people here on your campus. Wasn't that amazing? And we had belief for that. So uh, we had about three different churches working together. And obviously the police themselves came out to flip burgers and hot dogs, and they were hard at work and serving our church community, the other church communities, but also some of our neighbors came too. So we were appreciative of that. It was a fun time. Uh, we had a live band here as well too. They um, didn't take requests apparently because I tried, but um, let's see. I do want to. I do want to take the time to thank all the people that were involved in this from our church community because it was it was a big event. It was a big event. We'll most likely do it next year. So these are people that were very influential. This guy named Kevin Dakin. I know he doesn't like me saying his name a lot. Yeah. He's the leader of our community connections team and uh, he led the charge here. We had Bob DeRosa help, John and Patrice, Patrick and Barbara, Maya, David, Cindy, Robert, Kim, Maria, Veronica, Jeffrey, Mike, Connie, Nick, Allie, Jai, and the uh, band was Matt, Jonathan, Evandro, Elias, and Lucian. Thank you. They put a lot of hard effort. It was a lot of work, but they were able to do that, and uh, I think everybody felt comfortable when they were on campus who had never been here before. I want to encourage you. I mean, you know, prayer is a big thing, right? And I'm, I'm not going to incriminate you if you're raising your hand. It should be part of our life. It is part of our life and everything we do. Paul is very eager to say that. To some of the letters to the churches and everything. Right. So we have some opportunities here on campus. We have a, a, a men's ministry that meets through Zoom on Monday morning. I think it's at 7 a.m. Yes, it's a.m., but you're probably awake by then. 7 a.m., and they're going into a new study right now on prayers. 
you can sign up for that. It's on Zoom. So it's the obligation is you not come in here. It's just being on Zoom. And again, they're going to start with uh, going through, I believe, a book that was purchased on prayer. So if you're looking to do that, that's fantastic. Uh, we have a small group that is called The Life of Prayer. That's very important as well, too. But I really would encourage you, if you can't hit on any of these, our women's group meets once a month to pray. Right? So we have opportunities to encourage you to come alongside us to pray for this church, to pray for you, your needs, and obviously the harvest that is waiting for you to open your mouth and share your faith at some point. You know? So that prayer is a very important part. And finding out how to pray when you absolutely need it is probably not the best time. I'm going to be nice. I'm almost done. I'll be nice. Uh, this is like a PSAIL. You know what a PSAIL is? A public service announcement in love. What time does church start? Thank you. Life happens. Traffic happens. Our hair doesn't work the right way before we leave the church. Things happen. But patterns, here's revelational material here. Patterns are patterns. And if you can't show up to church on time, it's not, it doesn't make me feel special or any of our pastoral staff. It's honoring God. Also helps develop character. All I encourage you to do is examine. I don't, I'm only going to I don't know anybody doing this, but I've heard rumors that some people just have patterns coming late. Whether your parents or not, if your parents, obviously, that leads into getting kids into school, excuse me, into the classes that are ready to go at a certain time. We're here to serve you, but I'm here to grow you. All right? So, you may not like that. I may have offended you today. That's okay. I'm sorry. Our other churches that start at 10, so. I do love you. I'm just being very sarcastic. Just come in on time. Do your best, please. Your best will represent God's best in every area of your life, right? That was a PSAIL. I'll leave that right away. Um, we're talking about the small groups. Oh, the building fund. Boy, he's yelling at me and asking for money. Um, so the building fund, I just want to talk to you about where the funds will go. Uh, when I say the amount, say praise God, right? What we're looking for, because God is going to provide this. And when these opportunities arise, uh, it's a great opportunity for you to grow, to believe, money, to land in your wallet, to give towards it. Watch God move in that way. Exercise your faith in that way. Say, Lord, I don't, oh my gosh, what has a a big number and... I'm just being obedient, tithing, amen, right? But now you're asking for more, and you know, but God will provide. He's just waiting for us to open our hands. He really is. So, I talked about the HVAC units. We do need about five of them. Um, what I'm about to say, about 60% are things that we absolutely need to repair or replace. And then about 45% is... Um, for uh, improvements around here. It looked like the building might have been built in 1990 or 2000-something. So we are blessed by the building, but 
it needs to be a little updated in certain areas. Alright, so we, we want to replace the bathrooms. All these bathrooms you see on the church side. We advance the whole thing. Yeah, most people like somebody uses the bathroom here. Good, okay. Um, we want a new flooring in the foyer. Tinting the windows out there. Not really for security, but for sun. And that's a better alternative than replacing the windows right now because they're, they were, they're efficient and everything like that. But there's those graded condensation you see on them. They're the originals. Those ways of tinting them to help that out. Uh, roof. We do need a new roof, but there's something that will help us uh, uh, do something with that to at least buy us about maybe 10 to 12 years. And it's a lot cheaper. Uh, I like that. Um, we're going to do oh, that, that, the jungle parking lot. I call it the jungle parking lot out there because you get these. It's funny. It's not cool, but it's like you get the weeds that grow. In the middle of the parking lot, it's like, wait a minute, who fed that tree? How did it come up into the parking lot? So we're going to uh, fill those areas where those weeds are, and then obviously seal coat the entire driveway and make it look new. Uh, some of this area is under is over uh, some influx of waterways that go to the car pond in the back. But sometimes when you have over time uh, a lot of water running through a lot of variation of temperature, it can. I sound like I know what I'm talking about. Uh, it, can, it can make the concrete kind of expand and be tracked, and that's what's been going on. But we'll leave that. will help do that. And then there's some duct work that we can do to make it better efficient in doing that. But it will make uh, the bathrooms, the, the flooring of the foyer, also the fellowship halls, prayer rooms, uh, down the side halls. Everything on this area would be pretty much improved. So are you ready for a number? Seats here. No, I'm just About $375,000. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is going to move and provide that. And he'll use you and he'll use others and other ministries. We, over the years, and Pastor Sean has been faithful and pastoral team. We had another new husband. We are. This is how God is. We have sowed into many area churches. If I named their names, you would probably know of them when they had building funds and needs. And we're not going to tell them about it. But we'll just let the Holy Spirit work and be sworn and see. So we believe that can come to a reason. But keep your faith up there. We're going to run that starting. Obviously today you can just go on your app. There's a building fund segment on that or on the envelopes. you got to write building fund. And we believe we can get this all funded uh, by about the end of September of next year. So for about 10 months, one zero. We believe God can move. And whatever it doesn't come in, we believe God can move. We're just taking a step of faith, as you are as well, too, in your prayers, right? All right. That's all the housekeeping things that were important, obviously. We're going to continue our series uh, called Our Compass. And who is our compass? Our compass is the Holy Spirit. The compass is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is called the advocate, our counselor, uh, our, our comforter, as we said, and many other things that Paul called it in Jesus. But the point is, our, the Holy Spirit is to guide us in truth, no matter what, and lead us to the will of the Father. And in that will, we find each and every one of our purposes. See, we're all called to Christ. Us. 
sometimes Christians say, are you feel called? We're all called to be, to have Christ in us and abide in Christ, but it's in, in that doing that and following Christ you find your individual purpose. Paul talked about having many, many members in the body doing different things. But the Holy Spirit will help us and guide us to truth. No matter what comes our way, whatever may come, may come. And he'll guide us in truth and lead us to the will of the Father. And in that, we can find our purpose in situations and our overall purpose in life. We talked quickly that we had to talk about the Trinity first, right? Trinity can be very, if we get waddled in a lot of theology and it's true, we can get a little confused because we live in an individual society. So how can you tell me three things are one? But God is. God is Father God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. They are one. And what I mentioned is I may not understand all of that, but I do understand the power of unity that comes from that. And that's what we need to trust in. That's what we need to trust in. And we broke that down quickly in this review that God, Abba, Father, could have done many things, but he decided to create you. For some of us, it was a sense of humor. That's fine. But he created you. Because he wanted not to just put you in an aquarium and feed you occasionally, but he wanted a relationship with you. So we view this trinity as a relationship. And then he had Adam and Eve. Oh my gosh, 1040. This series is not into today. That's all right. Bear with me. Uh, so Adam and Eve basically said, hey God, you know, we're eating fruit and uh, we can decide what's good or bad. And he had to leave because that was sin. Kick them out. No more relationship. Through the Bible, we continue to see him establishing relationships through Israel, through prophets, David, all these different people, and filling with the Spirit at times. But it's never the same relationship he had in Eden that he wanted. So he says, I'm sending my son to this earth to reconcile these sinful people that I love and created so that we can come back and have a real relationship with the Father, close to Eden, believe it or not. Close to Eden. I mean, you need to experience that. Heavenly Father, the friends of God, close to Eden. So Jesus came to the earth. All Colossians says Jesus is the visible representation of the invisible God. He is God in a physical body. He has humanity, divinity poured into him, right? So he had all this going on, and he was here to do his will. God's will, his Father's will, nothing, nothing else. So everything we know that came through Jesus was a representative of God the Father. Then we talked about that he had to leave. They had to tell these disciples that, hey, for me to fulfill the mission that I was brought to, brought to this earth, I have to leave and die on a cross. And their minds are just boggled. Like, wait a minute. I thought this was a movement that we're going to be doing forever, and you're with us. And if you leave... I don't think the movement needs to stop. There's been many religions that stop over that, but there's a lot invested here. And you've done miracles, so we see God in you. But he says, hey, we're going to send you. I'm sending the Father God. When I leave, he's sending me the Holy Spirit. Basically, he's going to be the compass that I was when I was physically here. So Jesus' representation is the Holy Spirit. We don't worship the Holy Spirit. We worship Jesus because it's KK's the Lord of Lord. But we, gosh darn it, for Christians, we need to at least acknowledge the Holy Spirit because he's living with us. And you'll find in us 
And some of what you experienced today was him moving. Then we talked about the Bible. To some, to some extent, it was a map. I brought a map out. And somebody said, what is that? It's a map. And it was a map. And I said, some Christians, uh, just, just without the Holy Spirit in them, just read their map. The, the, the Word of God is living. It's living. It's life. Jesus was life. Drink of me. I'm life. So how can I live in that map, in that Word? And there's many Christians that look at the map and say, oh, by a strike on the hill, that's nice. But are you there? Oh, God will provide all my needs and But are you there? Forgive one another. Love thy neighbor. Am I there? And we talked about the Holy Spirit is our compass because you can't get there unless you know where you are. And the Holy Spirit needs to be with you because he knows where you are. And he'll lead you like a laser beam to where you need to go. And we need to have the Holy Spirit as we read the Word of God. It's so important. The Word of God is amazing. It's good life, but it's also descriptive. There's so many things that, that, that show us God working with humanity. And in some cases, very frustrated in the Old Testament. And that is very prescriptive because there's prescriptions for our lives. Of what we need to do to live a, to live a life of godliness. And we talked about the way this review is just going to be all day. And we talked about uh, the Holy Spirit. What's his purpose? Jesus was very clear as he was settling the disciples down. So wait a minute, I'm leaving, but the Holy Spirit's coming. But he's coming with a purpose, too. His main purpose is to convict the world of sin. We talked about that, right? Who's in the world? We are here. We're not going to be of the world, but we're in it. So we get convicted of sin, and so does the world of sin. Conviction is not a bad thing. It's not condemnation, it's conviction. Conviction brings dark things into the light with a wonderful resolution of God's love to bring it to a higher place to redemption. Right? So I want to be convicted at times. It's not a bad thing. But it never leaves you where you were in your conviction. Isn't that amazing? That's why he's here to convict of all the sin. He's here to remind us that we are the, as Christ follows, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And that, I so nicely said, sometimes, and I'm preaching myself, it's time to grow up sometimes. We waddle in secondary things when we should be knowing our main thing, that we are called to be the righteousness of God in Christ. Through his love on the cross, he has allowed you to be right standing with him. That's, that's my, that's, that's dope, insane, whatever the new words are. That's insane. That's, you're right standing with him. So you can come to the throne room of grace for your faith in his grace. To talk to Abba Father. But the Holy Spirit's here to remind you of that. He's also here to remind you if you're not living too righteous, too. That we're called. And you know when you're living righteous? We sang about that earlier. When the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amazing freedom. The things that you deal with in this world, anxiousness, whatever, financial things, they're real. I'm not saying throw your faith out and they disappear, but I'm saying, what I'm saying is through God's righteousness where he can come alongside you and lead you through the Holy Spirit. You have freedom from those things. How many, this is all temporary, right? There's so much to do, so much in culture that keeps us distracted to read, to remind us daily that we are all immortal. You're not. Let's go to the scripture. Oh, no, I'm going to have to go through something. Let's just jump around here. 
also what I mentioned to the Holy Spirit is it's important to know that when Jesus said he's the advocate in many translations, that means he's your defender. So like an attorney who's defending somebody for their innocence, but you have to remember that you're not called to defend. The Holy Spirit's called to defend in and through you. Whatever it is, whether you made mistakes or whatever, uh, or you're just feeling like you have to yell louder than the other person to say that you know God loves you as you're pointing fingers at him, let, it, let, let the Holy Spirit be the defender of these things. That's what an advocate is. So what I'm not going to finish today, as I was trying to get diving into, is we're going to talk about quickly about the Holy Spirit comes when? When you're saved, believe it or not. Most of you know this. But when you accept salvation, that happens. And the other thing I want to a little bit quickly, and we'll probably just end and we'll have to pick it up another time, is the Holy Spirit uh, dwells in you. Dwells in you. He does. And then third, that we're not going to, I will not do justice if I do anything in this today. The third is the, what do we talk about when the Holy Spirit manifests in you and through you? This is what creates denominations and separation. Because there's many churches that say, no, the gifts of the Spirit are old. But there's nothing in the Word that says that. We all have been given gifts of the Holy Spirit. But you're not, but you can't use, you can't receive or get those gifts until you understand the fruit of the Spirit, which we're about to talk about really quickly. So let me go back. Um, we are going to, so yes, at the point of when you accepted Christ as your Savior and begin to, and you know it's more than just a prayer, right? It's, that's a starting point. You need to get baptized with water. We're about to see Jeff. Jesus says that's your, that's your, uh, public declaration that you're going down dead, coming up alive in Christ, right? So that, that needs to happen too once you pray the prayer of salvation. Uh, but then, you need to walk it out and follow Christ. All that was done on the cross was not for you just to get to heaven. That's great. But that's just the start of something. But when you came and accepted Christ as your Lord, you made a, you made a step down in faith, and then His grace came in. And then when that happened, and you prayed the prayer and started doing this, then this also activates the Spirit of God to come into your life, which is also the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is in a believer. He's in you already. And the way He came in you was through the faith and the grace of God to do this. Jesus said in John 3, I better get some scriptures and say, John 3, uh, 3, John 3, 5. I mean, Jesus replied, so he's talking to his disciples, Jesus replied, I assure you that no one can enter into the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. In the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit and the water baptism. John 7, 37 through 9. This is actually, we'll jump to 38. Anyone who believes in me, come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he says living water, he is speaking of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who will be given to everyone believing in him. Everyone. 2 Corinthians 1, 22. I'm jumping quick. Digest, everybody. And he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment. You put a down payment on something because you want the whole end of it. you got to step out and give you something. When 
gave you the Holy Spirit, the first installment and guarantee in everything he has promised. Paul gets into it. Let's hear from Paul, Ephesians 1.13. And now you Gentiles, most of us are Gentiles, have heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And that when you believe in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit who he promised long ago. So you mean saved, born again, you have the Holy Spirit inside you. You're sealed through the redemption. So if I know I'm a Christian, it's probably a good thing to, to and I'm, I'm learning myself and getting better at it, I think, to welcome the Holy Spirit into your day each morning. I know we go right to the Word and prayer, and that's what's needed too. But it's like listening into an, an old mono audio where you can have stereo with the Holy Spirit to lead you in reading your Bible and prayer. So it's good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. God, thank you for everything you've created. And through your Holy Spirit, guide me today. And at the end of the day, throughout the day, it's not illegal to do this during the day in 51 states, I think, right? At this point, you can talk to the Holy Spirit during the day. Talk to him. Talk to him. So let's go all deeper here. He dwells in us. So 1 Corinthians 3.16, Paul, Paul got real deep here, and most of us know this scripture, know it, do we know it? Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God lives in you? The Spirit of God lives in you. The Spirit of God lives in you. You are the temple. So when you abuse things, alcohol, drugs, the weapon of your mouth, tearing people down, the Holy Spirit's in you hearing this is what you're doing. This isn't a Baptist message, it's true, and there was one all of it, but this is the greeting of the Holy Spirit when you're doing these things. I'm not preaching perfection, but I'm preaching we need to grow in knowing who's inside of us. And as we grow, we become more into the fullness of Christ when we follow him. So I'm not preaching perfection, but you need to know that. People with tattoos will get into heaven. But I read this scripture and wonder, why bother getting the tattoo? The Holy Spirit's in me. Unless God opens the door and says, put the cross on your forehead. I don't know. I don't see that. My identity is in him and who I am. Ooh. For some of us, there's no condemnation here, but I'm just coming to the edge of many things. For some of us, if we understood that the Holy Spirit was in us in the temple, when we have killed something that was in us. I said it. I said it. It's called 
Bible portion. Yeah, they could split church. That's okay. If you want to preach what the word says, that okay? No condemnation if you've done that or whatever. But let's bring things into the light through God's love. It's quiet in this Presbyterian church. So Paul even says he goes even further. He says, "Remember the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead." He dwells in you. You may not be needing to raise from the dead, but you may need to be raised in situations above it to see the full picture of God's grace so you can have victory through certain things. He can raise you in that area. The same spirit. Here's my main focal point today. Much time. Galatians 5.22. I know we've known this verse back and forth. But this is really the first discovery in one's life or growth when you know these things are growing in you. Galatians 5, 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. So Paul is telling this church in Galatians, and we love our Jewish folks, but they were building this church in a lot of it. There was Jewish influences of the old Judea laws and things like that were trying to creep into this church, and they were reacting. And Paul's saying, listen, the Holy Spirit lives inside your church. You will go through this fine if these are growing in your heart. The fruit throughout the Bible is, is a symbol of richness. Even when Adam and Eve ate it, too. They thought it was. But fruit, how many know fruit does not grow overnight, right? <laughs> so we're all in process. But I believe, and I think what Paul is saying here, if we begin to appraise and grow in all these aspects in our life, the Holy Spirit will begin to fill us. And the filling is where you want to be. Some people call it a baptism, but it's a filling that you want to be with. Where all these things are working that we will talk about in manifestation uh, in a few weeks at this point. So let's talk about love. I mean, these are sermons within themselves. We are going late, so whoever needs to know that. Just a few minutes. I'm not going to go through all. So love. Love is probably one of the most important things ever. Because God is what? Love. He created us because of love. He doesn't give it. It's just who he is. And the unconditional love goes even deeper than any human love that we can understand. But we need to have love growing in us. Not because how great we are, but because of who is in us that's growing this love. Growing up, I had this, I love this popular song. Uh, Huey Lewis on the soundtrack to Back to the Future. You guys know where I'm going. That's the power of love. There's power in love. Grow in it. Joy. There's a difference between joy and happiness. Let me articulate this. Joy, uh, happiness is a reaction of something. Joy is the product of everything. 
So the world, all they know is happiness. We had that man getting me today. When you're happy, Pharrell, he was a great, a great song. When you're happy, I'm like, it's great, great too. That would be more happy, you know. It's like, all right. Joy is a spiritual benefit. That joy is never effective around you, but can infect in a good way things in you. We have to be very careful, though. In the word of faith, we've gotten into a joy comatose. So we're just comatose with joy that we think joy. And then when the first thing, the wave comes in, we're like, wait a minute. I was smiling when I got wet. What happened? This is an internal joy, a spiritual joy that only comes from the Holy Spirit you showing, showing in your heart the good things that God has done for you. That will create some joy. And that will be an encourager to those that are hurting. I'm sure many of you have worked place when things are happening and layoffs are happening and the budget didn't get me and the employee, and an employee next to you says, why are you so, they'll say happy, but why are you so happy? Because I know, don't say, because I got the joy of my strength and stop breaking out the song. No, because my trust is not in my job, but I have a problem that always provides for me. How about that? And there's joy that comes from that. Peace, my Lord, we need that everywhere. I truly believe peace is a place. Because if you know it in your spirit, you can always go to it when you need it. It's a real estate. You need it. Peace. Uh, so many times we talk about, we have access to a peace that's beyond our understanding. Paul talks about that. Because if we do not have peace, the space will get filled with chaos. Patience, as some of you are right now, and I'm going to end soon, I hope. Patience is a type of self-control when you have the opportunity not to be in control. Patience, in the Bible, in James, by the time you go there, uh, Paul talks about it, or James, excuse me, James talks about where patience will have its perfect work in you. The only thing that he says that's perfect, that can be perfect, is in your patience. Abraham, the father of faith. I showed this in the staff meeting. Abraham had the promise of being the father of many nations. The promise didn't come for about 25 years. But his faith was not in the promise. It was in what God said, and his patience was in the promise. So if you've been told things that God has instilled you with your family or whatever, you know, have faith in what was said in your God. But have patience in when it's supposed to happen. Because he works that out. He works that out. Kindness. Kindness is an outward act that can happen for random acts of kindness. It can happen at any time. But the Holy Spirit wants to be a part of you, maybe when to share your kindness with somebody else. But it's holding the door open. That didn't bring them to heaven. No, maybe just where you will be, hold the door open. Do what the Holy Spirit's leading you to do in kindness. Goodness is more internal. It's more of a quality that gets created inside of us, knowing how because our Father is so good. So we can have goodness in us. It's thinking better than 
somebody better than ourselves over somebody else over somebody else. Usually people run around jumping over Making better of others than yourself. Right? That's goodness. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. We know we have a God that is faithful, but are you faithful? Obviously, you want to be faithful to God, but how about in a character mode of those around you? Is your word your God? Character development. We don't have time to get into manifestations today, but I really, hopefully today, in a quick overview, until our time comes again, which is in a few weeks, I'm out of town next week, but visit the scripture, a praise, how are you in those fruits, are they growing, too much pesticide and they're not, what's going on? You have all these growing. I'm not saying how big the fruit needs to be. That's between you and God and the Holy Spirit. But is at least growing, blossoming. If we can get that right, then the Holy Spirit can build this container in our spirit that we can be finally filled with the Spirit and do the amazing things that we want to do. Amen. That God's calling us to. You had, in the end of Acts, the Holy Spirit coming down in the upper room, fire on the head, tongue speaking, they go out and save, Peter saves 3,000 people, and he talks about being filled with the Spirit and being saved. So they're on fire for God. That momentum quickly goes to possibly the next day where Peter and John are walking through the temple, and there's a crippled man. We know the story of the famous saying that this is being filled with the Spirit of God. Crippled man says, please, do you have any alms for the poor, basically? And it didn't sound like Peter, Peter, James, John had any weight to them. They turned around and said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I will give you. And what did we sing about this earlier? The Holy Spirit was filled in him. In the name of Jesus, get up and rise and walk. And he did. Anyone who thinks this gifting and the fruits of the Spirit is for the apostles, is which is for them, is wrong. Because why doesn't Jesus come back then? Because we're wasting a lot of time. He's given us his word, but no power. And the churches that don't operate in this will not operate in power. This isn't spookiness, fruit, and other people that abuse these gifts. But most times they abuse them because they aren't growing any fruit on that tree that we just talked about. There's no love. There's no kindness. There's something not there that's fully grown. So we get that right. Let the Holy Spirit fill us and get more into this next time. You'll be walking daily with the power of God inside of you. And you'll be affecting people. I don't know what to say. Good. That's a good place to start. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. All these fruits mainly grow when you're quiet and you're just listening. Not when you're quoting 15 scriptures over and over again. Those have time and place. But when you're just listening. Holy Spirit, good morning. Guide me today in your truth. What do you have for me? And then be quiet. 
How long does it take? Until he speaks. We need to be more quiet in our spirit sometimes. And hear this voice that wants to lead us in truth. In truth. The world is not getting better. Amen. We know that. So imagine if we're called to a dying world when it's so foggy and we don't know what truth is anymore. It can happen. There can be a lot of religious folks that keep walking into each other. But if the Spirit of God is inside you, He will guide you in truth. This also comes about when Jesus said, I want you to have life and have life more abundantly. Abundantly comes through that because you're walking in freedom. Not spiritual carnival circus now, but you're actually listening to the Holy Spirit and see what God can do in your life. So next time we pick up, we're going to talk about the manifestation. And this is what divides churches and people and but it's all scriptural, and I've walked in it before. I'm not saying anything great about myself, the pastoral team had, and I'll show you some of my experiences, but it's real. And you begin to get that fruit growing that And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit wants to fill you. The Spirit's in you, but He's waiting to feel more of Himself in you when that fruit grows. Right? I said it a few times, but I want to say it a few times. When that fruit grows. Thank you, Mom. Why don't we stand? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to come together as a church community and uh, hear through your Holy Spirit what you want to say to us. Holy Spirit, maybe not forget that you are a person living inside of us. And no matter what comes our way, what comes our way, it will. And we can default and listen to you to guide us in truth. But let us continue to, to receive the gift that you gave us, which was basically a representation of Jesus living in us. Let us take time to acknowledge the Holy Spirit and see what happens. We can be confident that your will will come through that every day of our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, until we meet next time, definitely appraise that. Uh, I do want to just mention, I mentioned it earlier, but if there's somebody who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, God sent his son to you so he could have a relationship, not a religion, a 